Hello F1 fans and welcome to F1 On and Off the Track with Kim Illman. You can see his photos at ProStarPix.com or read his latest F1 blog at KimIllman.com. My name is Adrian and in this episode we're talking about the post-race from the Spain GP. How was it, Kim? Excellent. Beautiful weather. I was very happy about that. Uh, four days of great photography and nice light, good crowds, interesting folk and um, plenty of stories to tell. Excellent. Well, let's get into those. Last week, you talked about the, the monstrous motorhomes that the different teams can have. How did they look this year? Yeah, there's a couple of new additions. In particular, the Red Bull Energy Station was quite magnificent. Both teams share this, both Toro Rosso and Red Bull. And it was made out of uh, local wood from Austria. And um, it was glorious. It takes them a few days, to, or a couple of days to put up, I think. But uh, certainly, it stands out in that paddock as the major piece of uh, infrastructure there for the teams and uh, I was very impressed because it's not a flat facade the wood is shaped such that when you look at it from the side it comes out and goes in and it's almost a wavy thing and it was very popular um, lots of celebrities heading up there well-known sporting people uh, is is quite amazing were there any other great ones you had some photos of Alfa Romeo and McLaren's ones Alfa Romeo and uh, McLaren, in fact, all of them, uh, I think, are two-storey structures. So they bring these huge motorhomes in, and they park them up, and then they arrange for, um, I guess it's like a middle section is ground level. They have the, the, the sides, the two trucks on each side, and mm. they, they produce what is quite marvellous. And uh, for, the, for these sponsors that come and um, experience the hospitality in there, they've got kitchens in the back. I really like Alfa Romeo's, it's very roomy inside. It's uh, like a huge big atrium affair with lovely food and drink. Uh, and very impressive, if you're a sponsor or a guest of one of these teams, you certainly know they've gone to some effort to uh, make you feel welcome. Well, I want to talk about your Instagram now because it's been going off and especially lately the uh, great photos you've had of Mia, Charles' new press officer. I believe she had a bit of a reaction to her uh, fame on your Instagram. Yeah. Uh, I knew she'd come up and say something and I saw her coming down the, the paddock and she made eye contact with me and she just looked at me and glared and she made a, a beeline for me and she said, you you put my photo up there. I've had 400 friend requests from that one post. And I said, I had no idea you were that popular because it was my it has been my single biggest post. Mm. So um, I'd spent that Thursday trying to get a two shot of her and Charles together. And every time she'd see me, she'd separate from him by a few metres. It was very tricky to get a shot, but eventually, uh, after one of the sessions, he came, uh, one of the autograph sessions, I think it was, he came back with her, and I said, Charles, can I get your help? I just want a photo of you and her together. And he said, come on over here. No, I'm not coming over here, said me. I said, he said, come on, it'll only take a second. Oh, how about you stand and talk to me? We'll make out we're talking. She said, no. And then she stood on one side of me, and um, as they both went to walk away, I luckily had a wide-angle lens, so I could fit both of them in from a close angle. And I got this beautiful shot of them both smiling and laughing as they walked away from me. And that was that was the best I was going to get all weekend. Although I think now she's softened a bit, and hopefully she won't distance herself from him next time I dig the pair in the paddock. People are interested, and I, in fact, only last night, some I had a couple of people say, we like photos, please, of um, Max Verstappen's new uh, press officer. And I quite frankly had not even noticed her. So that's a, a challenge for me next race is to go and find some photographs of that young lady and uh, provide a little bit of a backstory. But yes, yeah, some, some interesting, interesting stories through Instagram over the four days. In fact, I'll jump ahead. I was going to mention this later, but um, I'm going to put something up this morning 
our time here in uh, Barcelona. It was um, me standing next to Pierre Gasly having a chat, and I don't know why, but I looked down and uh, I noticed his racing boot had a dirty great big hole on the right-hand uh, side of his right foot, which is his accelerator foot. And I said, you've got a hole in your boot there, mate. And he goes, uh, oh, didn't even notice that. I must have been too aggressive on the throttle this morning. <laughs> so uh, as he left the suite, he comes down some stairs, and uh, it's about head height, the stairs that he comes down from. So I said, just hang on there if you can for a second. I want to take a photo of that. So I've got a quite nice close-up shot. But... Uh, yeah, I would, I would have thought that's a fair amount of rubbing to go through a pair of those race boots on the side, but it was a sizable hole. He certainly wouldn't want to walk through any puddles. So was that from testing last night? It was from testing uh, uh, last night, your time, uh, yesterday, my time, yeah. So testing's been going on, well, for two days. Have you been getting around that? Yeah, this is day two now, but um, yesterday was great, beautiful weather, and what I... I didn't realise that uh, because there are only a few photographers out there, might have only been 10 to 12 photographers uh, covering it. We're allowed to actually get a car pass and drive around the inside and outside roads of the circuit. So we can drive right next to the track the whole way around. Okay. And uh, that is a marvellous thing as a photographer to be able to put your camera kit in the boot of your car and drive around, stop for 15 minutes in one spot, drive to the other end of the circuit and spend 15 minutes and, and just go wherever the light is best. Now, if you were to do that on foot, that's going to take you best part of probably half an hour to walk one circuit, one end of the circuit to the other. And uh, it allows me to cover so many different spots in very quick time. So these test drives give you great opportunities to get a wider variety of shots. Yeah, they do. And uh, because they're on track for 10 hours a day and they have an hour off in the middle of the day for lunch you can stand in one spot and work out where the perfect angle is and you can have 30 50 70 shots of that one particular spot to make sure you get the exact photo you want and admittedly there's no people in the stands so you don't um you don't get that lovely atmosphere shot of all the people in the stands but it's uh, for close-up stuff a, a real opportunity for me is it a good way to get ideas for next year Oh, look, it's stunning because I, I've, I've managed to find a couple of spots. I thought I, I'll come back next year and shoot from this particular spot, perhaps even for the race start. But this race is no longer. Mm. This was the last Spanish Grand Prix for quite some time, I imagine, because uh, Holland has scored this race next year. It'll be held at Zandvoort and yes. uh, it's about 45 minutes out of Amsterdam. So all that work that I did yesterday... Um, really has no long-term value for me unless this race comes back in, uh, I imagine, 5 to 10, 15 years' time. Well, let's talk about that Holland race for a sec, because is this, well, this will be a new track for you? Yeah, a new track for me, uh, and I, I know nothing about the joint. I know it's down near the beach and there's sand dunes visible, but um, there's no reasonable accommodation, I understand, out there. Certainly not a, a lot of it, if any at all. Um, it's going to require a drive from Amsterdam, but... Yeah, new tracks are great, although the vision I've looked at looks like they've been pretty much overgrown. I, I, I probably think they're going to have to invest some money to get it up to standard for an F1 event, but certainly the Dutch fans are going to go berserk for mm. it. Well, let's move back to your Instagram. There were some snaps of Charles' warm-up routine. Did you stay there for the whole routine, and what did it entail? Uh, I was walking down the paddock, and I noticed uh, his trainer, Andrea, was pulling across some Ferrari screens to give them some privacy, otherwise everyone would be watching in the paddock. And uh, I realised what he was going to do, having witnessed it a couple of 
times before. So I just popped my head around the corner and said to Charles, look, do you mind if I pop in and shoot this? And he said, no, come on in. And uh, I had probably 10 minutes with him. And the warm-up routine is, um, it's the same every time. It's kicking a soccer ball around to sharpen up some reflexes. It's strengthening his arms by holding some rubber bands. It's doing a bit of skipping. Um, and I was lucky to be the only photographer inside there. One other photographer from Getty popped his head around and took some images for a while and there was a TV cameraman. But uh, it's pretty rare and a, a privileged thing to be able to shoot so close with a wide-angled lens. Someone of Charles's stature and it's growing every single race. He's very much the man in demand and uh, a, a real thrill to be able to do it. And I posted some great pictures and I sent him a couple actually and he ran one on his page. Well, keeping along the line of uh, Ferrari and physical exertion, there was a great photo you have of Seb running through the tyre storage at Ferrari. Can you tell us the story behind that? Yes, uh, I was waiting for the drivers to go into the garage because you know at some point they're going to come into that one door at the back. It's a, it's a given. And often a lot of photographers will hang around and wait for their driver of, of, um, of their choice to come in. So uh, I think now, uh, yeah, they've, they've come from the paddock from the hospitality suite. And I thought he's either going to come down in sunlight down one side of these uh, two big motorhomes or he's going to come down the middle. So I thought, well, I'm going to plan for the middle shot because it's easy to get the other one because my settings on another camera were set for that. And the important thing is to know the shot that you want to get. And in the past, uh, I've probably just been guilty of snapping away and taking whatever shot the camera throws up at me. So I realised this time I want to see Seb. I want the back, which will be quite bright, blown out. And I want the tyres visible either side so with those camera settings lined up i just waited and um sure enough he comes running through at me uh i'm low i get him clear i get this light bending around him almost godly and uh it was one of my best shots for the weekend and um i was pretty proud of the darn thing were you in his line of travel did you have to like drastically quickly move out of the way not quickly because i was using a longer lens so okay. um he, he was running straight at me because I was positioned between him and the uh, entry to the garage. And as soon as he gets probably three metres away from me anyway, he's too close for me to shoot a, a reasonable shot. Certainly the shot that I had envisaged had happened um, probably half a second, a second before. So I just get up and move to one side, uh, which is the polite thing to do and means he doesn't have to run around me. F1 On and Off The Track is presented by ProStarPix.com. Stunning F1 photos live from the track, searchable and downloadable for personal or editorial use. Head to ProStarPix.com at the end of this podcast. Now, Lewis is well known for avoiding the f cameras when he can, uh, and he believe he pulled a bit of a stunt this time. Yeah, I, I, there was four of us, and we walked outside the swipe gates to wait for him to arrive, and we're just standing waiting, and then in comes Angela driving the car with him in the back seat. And I imagine what's happened is he's seen us and he's thought, right, well, I'm not going to get out here at the swipe gates because we all moved over to get a shot of him coming out of the car. He's had Angela reverse up to the gates that go into the pits. Now, it's not a, an area you would typically go through because you don't swipe in and they require, F1 requires people to swipe in and out through these uh, turnstiles. So he's obviously cajoled the guy into sliding open the gate because he's Lewis and you can get away with that. And he's walked in down the pit lane and gone into the Mercedes garage. Now, obviously then he's in the garage and he's got to get up to his motorhome to get ready for the, the upcoming session. So we've then gone and camped out the back of the garage. Probably now there's about nine or 10 photographers waiting. 
and we were rewarded with him walking out, uh, although he was videoing us on his phone. Now, I've had a look on his Instagram page, and I don't, uh, I haven't spotted it yet, but it did make us laugh that uh, he had gone to some effort to uh, uh, avoid us, but uh, we'd managed to at least get a particular shot. We're continuing with driver shenanigans. Daniel Ricardo and his dad uh, were playing with you a little bit. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Uh, now, I know Joe pretty well, and he's a funny man. And often when I take a photograph of him, and he was actually walking down the pit lane with his wife, Grace, uh, I got a couple of frames of them just looking nice and happy. And then Joe just flips me the bird, gives me the finger. And uh, I took that photo, I processed it, and I sent it to Daniel as a laugh. And I said, hey, you might want to put that on your Instagram feed. So the next day, which was Saturday, FP3, I was in the pits. And I had a, a long lens, and I was focused on Daniel's face. He was sitting in the car, and one of his uh, mechanics was reaching in and doing up the belts. So I could see between the mechanic's arms, Daniel's eyes, and I was focused on his eyes. And then I lost his eyes and up, up came his hand. And he's flipping me the bird. <laughs> and it's taken up probably a third of the frame. And it really struck me as something quite funny. And I thought, oh, I didn't expect to see that for a start. And eventually, obviously, pulled it down. He had this big wry grin on his face, quite cheeky looking. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was, that was a nice photo. Innocent, obviously. It wasn't meant in any way to be uh, <laughs> disrespectful to me, but it sure made me laugh. On a more romantic note for the drivers, I believe you got a nice uh, photo of a secret kiss between Valtteri Bottas and his wife. Yes, not so secret really because it was down in the uh, pit lane just after he'd managed to secure pole position. Uh, he'd come off the track and I could see him coming through probably um, 20 or 30 different people, but I also noticed that uh, Amelia, his wife, was walking towards that particular spot. And I figured, I, I knew obviously that he would have some interaction with her and hopefully a hug and, and a kiss. And I had the right lens ready and the right settings. And sure enough, she pops up, gives him a kiss. I get the shot from no more than a meter away with a 50 mil lens. And it ended up being my, oh yeah, it was my most popular photo of the weekend, not by much, but um, yeah, a great thing. I think people like to see that human element. I'm certainly mindful when I'm photographing that car shots um, take up a lot of my time because, say, on a Friday, you're out there for three hours shooting. But I'm not sure that um, the people that look at my Instagram feed and uh, website are that interested in the car photos. They certainly don't get the same reaction as people photos. And that's my main focus now is to tell stories about what's going on in the paddock, in the pit lane, the stuff that perhaps TV doesn't show, because as you know, TV is quite pervasive. They, they get almost everything, but they can't be everywhere and I've got to be somewhere. So let's hope I can just keep finding interesting little stories that uh, keep people um, on their toes. Cool. Well, maybe you can tell us a story about Nico Hulkenberg's dad and girlfriend at the race this weekend. Yes, his uh, girlfriend, Egle, is known as the crochet girl and you can find her on Instagram under that. Very tall, very beautiful always wears crocheted clothes. Okay. I think she sells it. Um, she arrived on the Saturday with um, Nico's dad and they walked down the pit lane. Yes, the day prior to that, I'd actually photographed Nico and his dad walking into the track together. And uh, I tell her what, you can you can see Nico and his father. There's no doubt about that. He's um, a lovely fella, but doesn't like being photographed. He's, he's a little bit shy in that respect. Um, didn't say anything, but Nico told me later that uh, that was the case. 
So I, I snapped those two coming down on Friday and uh, as soon as Nico and uh, Eglay came in, I could see that she was wearing this quite stunning outfit and I knew that she was quite popular on Instagram. So uh, I angled for a shot and I managed to only get a couple of frames and then he took off. So I left, it left her walking down the pit lane with um, Klaus Dieter, Nico's dad. So I took a couple of shots from behind, hoping she'd turn her head around. They weren't great, but um, I never saw her for the rest of the weekend out in the paddock, and I was disappointed because I, I really wanted that shot of her on her own full length, because uh, I think those shots are quite interesting. Certainly to the women that follow uh, my, my page, and obviously to the men. Keeping along the same thread, I believe last night you were doing a shoot with Pierre Gasly and his partner, Kate. I managed to interest them in doing some shots away from the track because every photo we get of a driver, he's plastered with logos and you probably don't get to see the, re the real side of them when they're out there as walking billboards. And it was on uh, Monday night because there's no testing on Mondays, they get the day off. So uh, I caught up with them on Monday night for about 15 minutes and shot at the W Hotel Beautiful uh, Kate dressed up in a, in a nice outfit. Pierre, comfortably casual. Took some shots in a restaurant with some nice mood lighting. We went outside to shoot on the uh, boardwalk there with uh, the sand, but oh, there's horrible yellow lighting and it just cast um, terrible um, yellow hues across all their faces. So Pierre suggested, why don't we do it in the uh, walkway of the W Hotel, which has these lovely pink lights either side. And uh, I did that, I shot with them because these guys are pretty busy, so I had a few minutes, got a couple of shots of him and Kate, uh, who's a 20-year-old, Pierre's 23. Interesting that they met uh, online. Um, she was actually an F1 fan and had been a fan of Vettel's, but I think now she's very much a fan <laughs> of uh, Pierre's. But uh, during that shoot, Piri, who is uh, the trainer for Pierre, happened to walk by with Seb's trainer, Auntie. Both of those guys are finished, and they'd, I think they've been out to dinner and finished dinner and came past. So uh, Piri jumped in the shot and I got a threesome there and put that up on my story. But yeah, I think the guys are pretty happy with that photo and I sent it to both of them, well, actually all three of them. And I've noticed that Piri's already used it on his Instagram page and no doubt at some point, I think Kate and uh, Pierre will run that as well. But no, nice photos. And as I said, not something you see often, drivers away from the track smiling at the camera. Well, let's talk about the race for a second because there was a moment where Lando went to the gravel after contact with Lance. Were you able to get any photos of this? Well, the way the track is set up, there's a point that you can stand on the top of a hill and you photograph the cars coming around one and two, and then they go around and come back on the other side of you at turn five. So I was actually focusing on turn five, had my back to turns one and two where that accident happened. And the first I knew about it was some tremendous tire screaming noises. So I swung my head around and thought, oh, hey, I'm missing that. It looked great to my eye, but I had no chance to get a shot of the coming together and the screeching across the track. But I did manage to get Lando, um, who I don't think actually stopped. I think he kept going um, through that gravel, kicking up stones, but it was from a height and there was a fence in the way. So not the greatest shots, but it does tell a story. And of course, with an incident like that, you always hope you're facing the right way. And normally I am, because there's normally only one angle to shoot. Mm. But in this instance, being a, a, an opportunity to shoot two directions, it's a 50-50 chance you're gonna be on the, the wrong angle. And as it turns out, that was the situation. You know, some great photos of Lando in the gravel nonetheless. Are there any final thoughts today, Kim? Yeah, day two of testing, I'll go out in the morning. It will 
it's unfortunate with testing, you don't get to see the drivers out of the car that much because they arrive, they go into the car, and then they sit in there for five hours, they come out for lunch for an hour, then they're back in there for another five hours. So if you're happy to stay around there for 12 hours, you get one, two, three chances effectively of, of grabbing drivers out of the car. Otherwise, as I said before, a great opportunity to scope the track. And the other thing, get them on track with no signage behind. Mm. A lot of the signage that has, in fact, I think it's all the signage that um, is there for the race has all gone. Certainly the overpasses are clean. A lot of the corners going, um, you know, going into the corners where they have most of their signage is all gone. And uh, for a photographer, that's a bonus. So after the testing, you'll be heading straight to Monaco. Are you excited for that, GP? Yeah, and I speak to a lot of people who say it is their favourite race. It is certainly busy and uh, colourful, great photographic opportunities, condensed, not like this track, or certainly the one prior in Baku, very long distances from one end of the track to the other. This one is a very short track. They go past you a lot. I think it's 70 plus times, nearly 80 laps. And uh, photographically, that's great because you get them coming past every minute or so instead of every minute 30. You get a lot more photos, you get a lot more chances, and being a very tight track, uh, there's always a chance of a car coming to grief and a safety car coming out and then bunching that field up again. So I, I do look forward to this race. And uh, it's nine days, I think we start, I get there on Tuesday next week. And Wednesday is the first day, unlike other races, we start on the Wednesday, we do Thursday, we have Friday off for F1, and then Saturday and Sunday. Well, we look forward to your stories from that one. Thank you very much for joining us, Kim. Pleasure, mate, and uh, best regards from sunny Spain. To see any of the photos we've talked about today, head over to ProStarPics.com or KimIllman.com. You can also stay updated by following Kim on Instagram at KimIllman. If you like what you heard today, please give us a review and remember to hit subscribe to stay posted for our next episode. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you on and off the track. F1 on and off the track was presented by ProStarPics.com. Stunning F1 photos live from the track, searchable and downloadable for personal or editorial use. ProStarPics.com. Head there now. <laughs>